Welcome to uh, Gale Boys, the podcast that you're listening to. I keep forgetting that we don't do numbers anymore. We just, like, roll with it since, like, whatever fucking episode we're on to now, we just do the shock emoji. But, uh, so I'm joined by my uh, wonderful co-host, Liam, as always. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Hope everyone had a wonderful holiday and uh, got what you wanted for Christmas, got drunk, or whatever whatever thing you celebrate, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, worshipping those capitalist overlords, as always. Yep, there's, uh, as fucking uh, Zizek said, there's, uh, there's no real escape from a capitalist Santa Claus. No, he's everywhere. No, I mean, yeah. he was, he's made by Coca-Cola, so remember that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it rules that Coke went from the fucking company that, like, did supply runs for the Nazis to the fucking wholesome Santa company. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, people forget about, yeah, the Coca-Cola's interesting relationship with the Nazis uh, and the, the invention of Fanta also plays very heavily into that. Yeah, that's, man, that's not good. But, uh, yeah, speaking of good, uh, this is our end of year review where uh, Liam and I will be talking about our five favourite movies. I know your list is very different from mine. Oh, so. man. <laughs> well, it's a combination of... Uh, I didn't get to see everything I wanted to this year. There were a bunch of films that I I wasn't able... Like, I know we're going to talk about uh, one in particular that's on your list that I was uh, fighting tooth and nail to see, and I just couldn't... None of the stars lined. I was completely thrown against the wall on that. Yeah, I feel like, uh, and yeah, one of the movies you saw, which is probably on your list, uh, doesn't come out till next month. Yes. Which still pisses me off. Oh, so. it's so good. And I feel so bad for all of you in the UK who have yet to see this thing. Because it's, uh, it's a trip, man. Fuck. Yeah. All right. So uh, if there's any uh, particular uh, news um, story uh, that's uh, taken your interest to. <laughs> Round the year off. It's uh, it's mostly this. I mean, nothing really. I mean, with with the holidays, I think all the mayhem is dying down for people to yeah. chill out. But I I do think it's been a an interesting year uh, in terms of our, how our world is slowly becoming more and more insane. But also, like people are slowly starting to become a little little less messed up. I don't know. It's we're in a weird place, and I don't know where it's gonna go because we had the whole Balenciaga fucking. Like gay people are trying. Oh, to man. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably one of the dumbest stunts that any fucking fashion companies pulled since the fucking Versace shooting. And they knew but... damn well what they were gonna do. They knew damn well what that was gonna cause too. That was a very deliberate just choice on their part. Yeah, that's that is some like five D chess shit. I saw fucking like all the Q and on shitheads on Twitter talking about that. Like, man, you fucking like whoever's doing your marketing campaign, give them a fucking raise. Oh my god, it's it's yeah, no, it's just it's just been a weird year. Lots of uh, I'm not really sure. Like in the grand scheme, because everything everything happens so fast that like you know, literally the day, we're recording this on Boxing Day. 
So <laughs> God knows what's going to happen. We have what f- six more days for the or five more days for the world to throw us another bone. Um, but it's been uh, it's been a year. I'm, I'm not liking the direction the world's going. Not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. In between, like us recording our last uh, podcast, it was like an attempted coup in Germany. Some like some like seventy year old uh, fake prince got like fairy cure on guys to try and do a coup for him and that failed immediately that was that's like, that's wild that's one of the the fact that didn't get more news coverage is like what what were you people what were you people doing man uh but also we also have that war in russia that's still going uh, the ukraine so excuse me that that has been a it's been interesting to watch that progress and like the 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 uh, what I find very interesting is all these uh, those right wing people who were like you know the, their grandparents fought the Cold War and now they're like I like the Russians. How do you gotta feel if you've like you went to like you did all that Cold War shit now your your shitty son is like hey I actually like Putin I'm like oh fuck. Yeah, it feel like uh, like the American far right would be more on the Ukrainian side since they're the ones going around for fucking. Yellowbanger brigades, uh, badges on their helmets, but yeah, who knows? I think I think it's mostly down to like the whole like Christian extremist type of thing. It's like, oh, Putin's <laughs> well, he, uh, Putin ain't Christian. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, he's. Uh, I I really don't care for the Netflix House of Cards series, but the Maz Mikkelsen, like, who is it? Lars Mikkelsen, uh, Maz's other place, not Putin in that. And there's like a very interesting back and forward between him and present Kevin Spacer, where uh, he's talking about like, yeah, I'm not really into this whole Russian Orthodox thing, but everyone else is. So, I um I do love the uh, I will say this about House of Cards, even though you know Kevin Spacey, you that show really I think showcases American politics in a in a way that a lot of people don't understand. That's pretty much what it is. A lot of threatening in back rooms, pushing journalists in front of fucking subways. <laughs> oh, when I, man, when I first fucking saw that, I almost died. That was so fucking, uh, season one as well, end of season one, he's just pushing people in front of trains. Yeah, no, it's a very realistic depiction of American politics, and I don't think that, uh, it's a, you know, that show, it stars a child molester, so it's kind of forever doomed to have that stank on it, but when it was going, oh boy, it was fun. It was fucking fun. Yeah, it's, it's not a great show, but there is, like, I do enjoy Kevin Spacey's, like, narration to the audience. It's, yeah. it's okay. so fucking my weird. Favorite, my favorite line is uh, the one where he's just, it's just isolated. He's like, mm, yes, I can smell the cock on your breath. <laughs> yeah, I keep, I, I keep, I, I, I will carefully quote that line to somebody. Like, that was one of the fucking, um, Joel Schumacher episodes from season one as well, oh, which is even funnier. That explains so much. I mean, it really, really does. Oh, oh yeah, man. Jesus. We need to do those fucking, uh, those uh, Batman movies at some point that oh, he did because those are oh. fucking wild. And right after that, he does fucking 8mm. 8mm. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, I'm going to follow up the, a campy, stupid movie with the darkest film of my fucking career. Yeah. Oh, man. But anyway, to get on topic, uh, today was we're going to get into our sort of our top five. We're, we're doing top five because we'll be here for three hours if we try to do a top ten. Um, yeah. But it's been quite a year in terms of like there's been a lot of 
there's been a lot of bad movies, but there's been a lot of great, great little movies here and there. Um, I'm particularly surprised with horror this year. It's been a real solid year for hardcore genre cinema. Yeah, I've, uh, I didn't get to see Barbarian when it came out, but I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I know the reaction to it has been pretty overwhelming. We will, so. we will, we will get into that when I do my list, but um, um, oh, hell yeah. it's, it's... I'll say this. It, Ronald Reagan's been a good horror movie monster this year, because there's another <laughs> film which is about, like, Reagan oh, yeah, yeah, being yeah. the fucking most evil thing in the world. <laughs> that, that is on my top five, so we will get into that. All right, so you want to start? Yeah, uh, so I say, like, I would say top, like, starting off, uh, my favourite, uh, like, top five movie would be, um, probably Mad God, the Phil Tippett movie. I was yes. very lucky to see that, because that was, like, another week release. Yes, it's, uh, brilliant, uh, the great Phil Tippett, uh, stop-motion animator, he's been a special effects guy for decades, and he... Finally, he's been working on this film for a decade, decades at this point, I think. Yeah, like 20 odd years, he's been like slowly piecing this together on his own money as well, which is insane. Like, he'll do the fucking Ryan Coogler thing of doing uh, like big budget shock to finance his own personal movies. So, yeah, yeah man, got to give him respect for that. No, it's uh, it's it's got to be one of those. It's one of those films I've been dying to see because every every frame of it just looks the the meticulousness of the way it has been put together, and it's so gross looking. There are shots that like made me make my skin crawl. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fucking experience. And I wish I could see that in a theater. That in a theatrical setting's got to be fucked. Yeah, I saw it at the uh, GFT. My uh local indie theater and it was it was surprisingly busy for the type of film it was like it wasn't really advertised anywhere and it like it went straight to shudder but it was pretty busy and just being like just hearing some like gasp coming from people is is fucking like man it's oh. it's such a weird movie All right, my turn number five on my list this is actually one we we both saw and it's on our list. So my number five pick this year is Bones and All. Luca Guadagnino's oh, yes. um, love story. Me, it's it's near dark meets uh, cannibals. It's it's basically a movie about trying to survive in Reagan's America. Mm -hmm. That's basically what it is. Because it's a very um, it's it's very much inspired by like Badlands. I kept thinking that the uh, Terrence Malick film because it's very. Um, very uh very lyrical there's a lot of lingering shots and a lot of beautiful countryside but in this film uh, there are people getting their throats cut and eaten and uh pretty brutally too like this is not a movie that like you would think uh you know you you, you wouldn't think this movie would be as brutal as it is but when timothy chalamet's giving that guy a hand job and then he slashes his throat that's uh, one of the more man. shocking visuals i've seen this year yeah uh that's that's on my uh number two i'll uh get to it um when I get to it, but that fucking scene where he like he seduces some random guy and fucking like he goes all the way with that. He like he didn't have to have sex with with that guy, but he did it anyway, even though he was going to kill him. Yeah. Is is such a, a fucking weird choice. It's never addressed again as well. No, it's which chilling. Is fucking it's fucking chilling, especially in the aftermath when they go to his house and they find that he's got a wife and kids. They're like, oh yeah, shit. oh shit. Yeah, we'll get into it when we get to your your second pick. But there is. 
so much to unpack with this movie. I'm still thinking about it. And I remember I was in a theater watching it with like five other people and they all walked out. I was the last person there. I was literally doing a Robert De Niro from Cape Fear situation. Just absolutely <laughs> eating this fucking thing up and no one else was there. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, number four for me would be the uh, the Northman, ah. which I was... Uh, I, I knew it'd be good because it's, you know, Eggers, uh, Skarsgård, uh, Taylor Joy, but I was surprised, like, how good it would be. I think... That fucking, like, that scene where it's, like, um, the common sea uh, burning down of the village halfway through is, like... That's so sick of me. Oh, my it's, God. Uh... And that, that was number six for me. And um, because it was... Uh, because it, and one of the things I love about that movie is that it's... It's Eggers' is like big budget breakthrough movie. It's like his big, like big Hollywood piece, but it's still very much an Eggers film. Like none of his, none of this has been compromised for the sake of like you know making a more mainstream friendly film. This is very much like the the things that we love about him are still intact. The weird mysticism, the the historically accurate dialogue, the like really just you know it's 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 a it's impressive that this movie didn't get like butchered in the editing room. Yeah, I know it uh, didn't do uh, too well when it came out box office wise, but I know it has recouped its money on on like VOD and physical releases. So it's see, it'll I'm... be interesting to see what he does next because I don't think Hollywood be giving him another hundred million budget anytime soon no, but... I, th- I think he'll go back to i know he really wants to do that nosferatu um mm. remake i i have no idea that's been in and out of production since the witch came out so we'll see but i imagine he'll go back to a smaller film i feel like when you do a 90 million dollar movie with all of this fucking like like they're like like the the way that movie's constructed like the the, the fa- whole village raids in like multiple one takes and there's so much going on that had to have been an exhausting film to work on yeah i know uh skarsgård had a pretty hard time at it i know he's like a stereotypical butch actor but he like he goes into depth about like how fucking hard it was like trying to one shot like fighting queens bang near a fucking exploding volcano like oh that's, oh, that's one of the most just that's such an anger like Eggers, despite making these incredibly like artistic films is very much like a he knows how to make really make a crowd pleaser so his mm. idea of a climax to have two naked men fighting in a volcano is just one <laughs> of those metal fucking visuals if any movie this year it's so good yeah, I, I took a friend to go, um, a friend of mine to go see it. He's, he's not like into movies, but he was like blown away by it. Oh, like, yeah, no. My favorite, my favorite scene would have to be he's fighting the, um, the like Rudge skeleton for the, uh, for the Conan Barbarian sword. Oh, that's so nice. And, uh, that whole scene is It's this nice. over the, over the top battle. Then it cuts away to him, like, just taking the sword from the skeleton, like, the whole like hallucinatory elements to it are fucking great. You just you don't really see them in movies nowadays. No, no, it's it's very much a, and I think that's why it's it's it. I think it's 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 so special because again, it it is so like not like for a movie of this size and a cast list like this to be this fucking weird is just mm. so refreshing. And it's just it's wonderful that it even got made, let alone made a profit. Like, cause mm. I had read that it, when I read it recouped its budget, I'm like, there's hope, there's hope for real filmmaking yeah. in this industry. 
yeah. Right. I'd, I'd need to, yeah, to round things off. I, I need to see Nicole Kidman doing more wacky accents. My God, I need, that uh, whole... I need more of that. Her whole arc in, in that movie just... I was not into her in this movie. I was like, she's just really out of place in this, like, movie full of, like, scrungy, creepy-looking fucking Vikings. And, um, you know, and then she has that whole character turn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like, that's why she was cast right there. Because I was like, why the fuck yeah. is she here? And then I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> she's doing yeah, she's fucking it up. Because we just did Eyes Wide Shut. And she's she's going, like, full on almost that in that scene. And it's amazing. Yeah, Eyes Wide Shut was the uh, the last movie I saw in the cinema. Because it was, like, a special Christmas release for some reason. And the whole scene where fucking Kidman's talking about, like... How she came very close to cocking shoes with some like sailor is is very fucking like I I know what Eggers is going for in the Northman. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's it's it's a fucking movie, man. Uh so yeah. number four for me, Todd Fields Tar. The <laughs> I would describe it as Joker for lesbians. That would be my oh, take yeah. from it because it is it's it's a it's a hard film for me to really describe because it's one of my favorite kinds of movies where you go into it, you watch it, and you'll have your interpretation, and then you'll meet someone else who has an entirely different interpretation of what it is. So everyone can really like watch this thing and come away with like the, a different opinion. Like, because really, what it is though is it's 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 so special because we've been talking about like there's been this running theme of movies now that are like trying very hard to be current like you just saw knives out too and we were talking mm. about it before we started recording and you were just talking about how that movie is so online and trying so hard to be like hip almost yeah it's a very uh we love in a society movie yeah. like there's a fucking scene where daniel craig is playing among us and it's like why am I watching this? What's the fucking point of this? <laughs> but uh, but Tar is the exact opposite in that it is a movie about like cancel culture and you know the world we live in, but it's done in a way where it's not annoying. Primarily because Todd Fields is not on Twitter twenty four fucking mm. seven, so he's viewing this. He's writing this purely as an outsider, and it is quite fun to watch someone who is not like Twitter brained writing about fucking. The, like just just cancel culture and like the culture we live in where everything you say or do could be uh skewed as something and i will admit despite being in you know, a very serious film it is one of the funniest movies i've seen this year like there were there's a scene where she's uh uh kate blanchett is playing an accordion in her empty apartment screaming the lyrics like you're all gonna burn in hell <laughs> and it's just so over the top so unhinged it just had me there were points where I was laughing out loud and I didn't know why. Because I was just so, like, and especially the ending. I have been teasing. The, the ending of this movie is one of the most bonkers fucking things. And you'll you'll know what it is when you eventually see it. Because it unfortunately won't be out in the UK until February. Yeah, but it's some fucking next month. It, is, uh, it comes out month. of nowhere. It is sudden. It is bizarre. And it is fucking laugh out loud hilarious. Because it's just like, like, oh man, we're going here with this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's uh, probably my most anticipated movie for next year. Like, I'm, I'm not really a Todd Field stan, but everything I hear from this is like, 
is very fucking interesting. It's, like, it's yeah, it's not really a movie. I I found it more fascinating than entertaining because it is very, it's very dry. There's a lot of like, it's not the most stylishly shot film. But mm-hmm. one of the things I love about Fields so much as a director is his ability to like just make the worst human beings uh, compelling. Like if you yeah. ever saw Little Children, like he makes Jackie Earl Haley a fucking child molester, actually a very tragic character, and the ending of that character is so fucking bleak and disturbing. Have you seen Little Children? Uh, I haven't for a while, but yeah, that's yeah. such a fucking wild film to come out with. He went. He it's, it's his first film in like fifteen years because he went into hiding for a while. Yeah, because he had this like weird acting gig for about the nineties, and then just decided to retire for some reason. He was in Twister, man. He was in fucking Twister. <laughs> he was in Eyes Wide Shut, which is oh, we just talked about. That. He's also uh, he voices a character in Aqua Teen Hunger Force for fuck's sake. Oh, fuck He's yeah. all drippy. I still need to watch that new movie. Oh, it's it, it's uh. great because it's a movie that just straight up insults you for watching it. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Tar is um, number four. Absolutely, f- just a movie that I I, I would recommend everyone watch it because again, there, it is a movie that everyone's going to go into it and have a different opinion of it, and that's the most kind of fun movie to watch because yeah. there's so much discussion to be had with it. Like we're gonna have a meal yeah. when we talk about this fucking thing. When you see it, we're gonna go in detail and we're gonna have a fucking meal about this thing. Before I get on to my number three, we talked about how like. A lot of like movies, especially this year, are specifically bad because they're made by people that like can't log off Twitter. Oh, yeah. Like Knives Out to uh, Scream, the most recent Scream movie, oh. which I didn't bother seeing, but I know you did. I saw it right after. Okay, this is a very special story. So I saw it right after Licorice Pizza because I was like, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a fucked up double bill, man. Because it was just playing. I was like, well, fuck it. It's like, hey, scream. It'll be cool. You know, it'll be fun. I literally was, I have never, I was grabbing my armrest. I was digging my fingers into it. I had, it took everything I had to just not walk out of it. Because there's like, the first five minutes of the movie, um, there's a scene where like the, the girl was on that fucking Netflix show. Um, I know that's a, but she's talking about like, nah. they do the whole like, do you like scary movies phone call? She's like, no, I like elevated horror. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck this movie. Fuck this movie hard. Oh, God yeah. damn. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that, I, I, I came very out, close to, yeah. I, I, I came very close to it, but man, the, just the way you fucking describe it is, ah. Uh, it's, Jesus. it's emotion and Ryan Johnson forces his way into this movie too because they're talking about yeah. like the Knives Out guy made a verb movie that was different I'm like I hate this film. <laughs> I hate this yeah. movie I hate everyone involved with it it made me lose the will to live I'm not even kidding I was losing the will to live while watching this thing yeah I feel like Blonde uh, was that for me this year. That was my almost fucking walkout movie. Yeah, no, like, that, that's a different uh, kind of walkout because it's it's so... I've watched it. It's so fucking self-indulgent and thinks yeah. so highly of itself. Like, it's what everyone thinks Oscar bait is. Like, it's the definition of, like, what people think a bad Oscar bait movie is, although it's a movie with a whole bunch of other weird shit in it. Yeah, I, I don't really see many walkouts in... Uh, in movies anymore but there was like a few walkouts like within the first 15 minutes of it and yeah. and i took a friend of mine to go see it 
and we were so fucking bored, like like two hours into it, we just started doing fucking JFK impressions, like the uh, <laughs> <laughs> like fucking uh, cram chowder and shit like that. Come here, Malin. Yeah. Let me show you my <laughs> Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> oh, oh man. Bad. I can't do an impression, but that would have been more fun. Like, as I had read, like, in that movie, it was like JFK rapes Marilyn Monroe. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be crazy, right? And no, it's just the most yeah, that's just boring so like, thing imaginable. It's just so bored, as a matter of fact. There's nothing really fucking interesting about it. And it's from a fucking, like, it's based on that Joyce Carol Oates book, which yeah. if you give him a read, it's fucking insane. Oh, Joyce Carol Oates uh. is a lunatic. I mean, <laughs> my favorite tweet ever is when she retweets. Oh, hell yeah. How dare he kill dinosaurs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, written it's and directed by the guy who did um, Assassination of Jesse James. Like, there was potential here. This could have been a fucking, a fucking off-the-rails crazy-ass movie, but it's just... It's just a bag of nothing. Like even with like, child abuse yeah. and all that rape, it's just boring. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the worst thing you can say about the movie is yeah. that it had potential but wound up being boring. Yeah. So uh, my number three was hard because I was split between um, Benedetta and Decision to Leave. Uh, if I'm allowed to, I'm probably going to stick those two together because, yeah, man, fucking Bernadette. I, didn't know anything about the lesbian nun movie going into it, but fucking Verhoeven, man, he's such a fucking king. Oh, he's yeah, such that, a fucking. That movie is so uh, tailor made for his style too. Like, like he, we, you know, you hear he's making a nun exploitation film. You're like, oh, absolutely, this is perfect. Yeah, I thought it'd be like showgirls, but instead it's this this horrific art house movie about fucking the plague. Yeah, and about how abusive the church is. Like it, it is a, yeah. I just love the perversion of Jesus in that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like oh, he yeah. turns Jesus like sweating on the cross, abs and shit. Like it's it's not just a movie that oh, that's what I love about Verhoeven is that he objectifies all sexes, not just women. Yeah, it's uh, that fucking scene where uh, Lambert Wilson's like fondling some nun's uh, tits is. <laughs> I, I almost found my seat at that. That was so fucking funny. Oh, uh, yeah, Ver Verhoeven is so good at just making you laugh at the most awful thing imaginable. I mean, even Showgirls like has so much, like like Robert Davi telling like her must be weird not having anybody come on you. You're like you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> just spectacular. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, fucking Verhoeven's always been that guy, and I feel like Benedetta is the the sort of grand culmination of his, like, his weird sexual proclivities. Yeah. Some of the shit you see in that movie is fucking wild. Yeah, it, it sort of came and went, too. Like, it, it had a brief yeah, run, yeah. and no one really talked about it after that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, my favourite movies of this year have been, like, films that are out for a week and then just disappear into the evil. That seems to be most great movies. Let's see these days, like they just like like Tar came and went too here. Like it played for like two weeks and then just left. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. And the uh, decision to leave was very similar. That's such a fucking like totally different movie as well. If you've ever seen any of um uh Chadwick's movies, it's 
it fits into his overall filmography, but is very different from anything he's made previously. Uh, I'd heard about that. I'd heard it's like his riff on Vertigo. That's what someone's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very Vertigo. A lot of, um, but that's always been the thing about uh, Chan Wook that I've always loved about him is his ability to like. He loves stories about like people who are just doomed it's like they they find each other and they're just doomed like like old boy is the most famous example of that they find out their father and daughter which is oh, and then thirst is about a man who descends into barbarism because he as a vampire he feels more alive than he ever did as a man the handmaiden's actually quite interesting because it's the one that kind of subverts the the darkness of his it's almost like a like if you've ever seen The Handmaid, the, the, that movie has a happy ending, which you would not expect for a, a Park Chan Wook movie about lesbianism. Yeah, that's the one uh, Chan Wook movie I haven't seen yet. I've I've added it to my list, and I keep meaning to watch it's, it. But it's, I know it's... it's easily his most like it's his most accessible film. I'd say I've known mm-hmm. it. It has a huge following outside of people who don't like watch his stuff because you'll see reviews of people who've never seen a Park Chan Wook film and they'll fall in love with it. And I guess it is because it's. It's basically lesbians fucking over and eat, you know, count, trying to steal their money. It's, it's it's very, it's a very fun. Yeah, but decision to leave is is one I've uh, I wanted to see it so fucking bad, but it was playing for like yeah. a week at the light box here in Toronto, and like you have to get a movie subscription to watch it, and I'm not doing that. Yeah, Asia has a very interesting relationship to queer movies. You have stuff like that, uh, happy together. Which I feel like we need to do one day because oh. that's that's such a downer of a fucking movie. <laughs> oh my god! I mean that yeah, happy together. That's that's a fucking underrated gem in, in queer cinema right there. But um, you know, there's always been like like especially in uh, in Asia, there is this like there there's not a lot of of queer cinema, but the ones that are, are really effective. Like you talked about happy together, which is just oh god, just think about it, I get depressed. <laughs> Yeah, it's man. I've I've had relationships that are like that, and it's just it's one of those movies I enjoy like as a movie, but I just can't watch it because I'll get like flashbacks to fucking eighteen year old me. Oh, man, it's amazing because you know, and I think I think with uh, with decision to leave, I think I'm, I'm very curious to eventually get down to watching it because uh, as I've said, as I've said, it, it very much feels like Park Chan Wook, but everyone says this is completely different from his other stuff, at least in terms of like what it's really about. Yeah, in terms of plot, it starts off as this sort of like bog standard detective story, and then it becomes more and more vertigo until you get to the end, which is so fucking like I would spoil the ending. But it's such a fucking downer. It's, <laughs> it's probably it's probably one of the most downer endings he's done to a movie since Old Boy. That's that's a lot. That's 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 a saying a lot, man. That's saying a lot because <laughs> Old Boy has one of the one of the most fucked up endings to any. Like just yeah. like he's she's hugging him, he's crying. You have no idea. Like he, why is he crying? Yeah, I was going through his head. Yeah, yeah what, my uh, the first time I watched that, it was um, it was a fucking like. Over a decade ago, um, uh, we uh, it was me, my uncle, uh, his wife, and uh, another friend of ours, and we were watching Eurovision one night, and that like that ends at like half one in the morning, and we almost went to bed, but we found fucking like old boys starting on Channel Four, and my uncle was the only one who had watched it, and he insisted that everyone else um, watched it, and like come the end, like. 
the three of us who hadn't seen it were just sitting there fucking in like Shocked. blank expression yeah oh yeah no it's uh no he's um uh, it's uh he, you know i'm a i'm a bit of a you know he's always been a filmmaker i've admired particularly though the follow-up to that uh lady vengeance which is uh, equally mm. a fucking downer like that's the thing about korean cinema they are obsessed with making you feel terrible like even like crowd pleasers over there are surprisingly very dark like and violent yeah. and like it's 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 quite impressive like and they've been sort of the forerunners of like they're what hong kong was in the 80s like it's this mm-hmm. this this place where just some of the best movies are coming out and unless you know about it like you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna pass you by yeah. But, um, cool. so yeah so we have um Paul Verhoeven nuns and Park Chan-wook being Park Chan-wook, which is great. So number three, this was a tough one for me because it's been a great year for big budget movies. And I was actually going to put... I know what you're you're going to say. I know what you're going to say here. But my, I have learned this year that the movies that I find the most interesting are the ones that make me go, are you fucking kidding me? So I said... (laughs) Fuck it. I'm putting Avatar The Way of Water oh, hell yeah. on my fucking list. So you haven't seen it. But I had the opportunity to see it opening night in IMAX with my brother and sister. And uh, it's one of the most... It, it, it feels less like... a. It really is the definition of like an experience because it is such a massive like movie. It's, it's a $350 million... Like, pop art magical realistic christian movie about how the fucking military is inherently evil and why moving your family to california is so difficult <laughs> that's what it is because it really is like they get to like the uh so they, they they're on the run they leave the forest and then they go to like the beach people and all these fucking like th- some of the dialogue in this movie is like like literally some of them is, is one kid in the movie as they're flying says are we there yet and then multiple times the the fucking like water people like keep up bro i'm like oh my god (laughs) they did this in 2020 and there's just so much shit in this movie that just boggled my mind and i loved how like this movie is earnest as fuck like this is earnest in a way you don't see movies like are anymore where like all these movies like you watch a marvel movie and they're trying so hard to be like quippy and try to get ahead of like the cinema sins crowd making fun of them this movie doesn't Mm. give a fuck so Sure, I'm going to cast a 73-year-old woman to play a teenager. That's one of the most insane... And it actually worked because she's really good in it, Gwenny Weaver. But I will say this. I need to see... Someone posted this on Twitter, and I absolutely agree. I need the raw footage of Sam Worthington just with Sigourney Weaver in the shot saying, You're not crazy, baby girl. (laughs) The raw footage of that has got to be amazing. And then... It's a fucking... It's just so many fucking weird decisions that just work. It, 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 I honestly, it made me remember why I fell in love with movies because it's a man who has like no something wrong with this man's brain, and he just said, and he just went off, and it's incredible to watch. Yeah, that's been Cavern for like well for a decade now. He's gotten to that point where he's like, he's like so rich that he's just gone insane. So now he'll do fucking, like, he'll make Stephen Lang hold his breath underwater for seven minutes <laughs> just to film a fucking, like, 30-second clip. Oh, it's just, it's, it, you know, and the way, and he does come back and, like, because you saw the original, like, how the fuck is he coming back? I thought he got killed. 
and they explain it in like the most half-assed way possible. It's just, it's, it's, there's not really a satisfying conclusion of how he comes back. It's just, hey, we put your brain in this fucking blue thing. Go and kill this asshole. That's his entire character motivation. But yeah, no, it's just. Yeah, I'm I'm saving myself for like an IMAX showing of it because the nearest fucking IMAX screen is Edinburgh. So I'll need to like set some proper time to go see it. It's like Dune. It's actually formatted for the the screen. So it's like, yeah. yeah, So it's just, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just a movie that it doesn't give a fuck about what people think of it. And I admire that. But it's also a $350 million movie by a psychopath. So there is something just joyous to me about it. Like, again, it, there's an earnestness to it that just you don't see in movies like that. So whether it be madness or I just I respect the hell out of it. I really, really do. So it's my number three this year. Yeah. I watched the uh, the first movie uh, last night over Christmas because uh, I had nothing better to do. And I hadn't seen it since it came out 13 years ago. I was like 15 in high school when I I really didn't care for it back then. But rewatching it yesterday, I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. This is like, this is movie magic right here. Yeah, that, really- that fucking scene where it's like Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana and they're just talking about like like falling in love and connecting to the fucking world tree or whatever like that's so fucking earnest and like it's, it's like that perfect mix between goofy and earnest that it yeah. just fucking works and like only Cameron could get away with that i love when my favorites when all the animals come and kill everybody that's oh, so fuck awesome because yes. <laughs> i will say this one of the things i love about Cameron is that he seems to understand like yeah, uh, mil- like because you know you see like we talk about Top Gun Maverick and how that's like an ad for the military, and here he's like, yeah, the military's pretty fucking evil. So it is like making them look cool, but also reminding you they're all psychopaths who just want yeah. to murder things. Yeah, Cameron is like a weirdly left wing director. Like going back to Terminator Two, the fucking bad guy in that is a cop. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and I- like he has this like he's always had this like weird left wing critique of like militarism and shit and avatar feels like the sort of grand culmination of that because 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 the overall bad guy is some like like just some military psycho that likes to kill people and that's that and uh yeah no and between that and like you know titanic being about how like poor people actually way cooler than rich people yeah yeah Yeah, no it's uh and i i i loved it as dumb as it is Cool. So, uh, speaking of uh, class critique, my uh, second favorite movie is Bones and All. Yes. Which I, I knew nothing about it going into it, apart from like, oh, it's a bad neutral movie. I like Suspiria. I fucking hated uh, Call Me by Your Name. So I was, I was kind of mixed on it. And within the first five minutes, where that fucking that little girl bites oh <laughs> that my. person's finger, I was like, "Oh, okay." I'm, I'm I'm full yeah, now. I had that moment too. I was like, "Oh fuck!" Because like you're watching it, it's got that "Call Me by Your Name" look to it, where everything's like really brightly lit. It's all like very like all statically shot. You're like, "Oh Jesus!" And then that scene happens and i thought it was gonna cut like it was a nightmare or something no this actually happens it just keeps going dad's like oh you did it again didn't you fuck (laughs) (laughs) get your shit we gotta leave town yeah it's it's never explicitly said like how many times that's happened but you can imagine you can imagine it's happened enough (laughs) 
Yeah, they're just going city to city, taking up new names because this little girl can't stop fucking biting people. <laughs> and then uh, dad right. just leaves her 200 bucks and says, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. You have to hang around with uh, creepy pedophile Mark Rylance now. Okay, I actually really duck him in this movie. I don't care for him. Yeah, he's, far, he's fucking great. Oh, he's scary as shit. Uh, like, that whole, like, he has that meltdown in front of her. He's like, I dried in front of you. I've never done that with anybody. Because <laughs> that, cause my takeaway from the movie was cannibalism in this movie is basically a metaphor for sex. Because you never actually see them have sex other than, like, they're kissing on the Ferris wheel. She's like, I'm hungry. And, like, sex is almost portrayed, uh, uh, cannibalism in this movie is, like, very much almost a sensual type of thing. Because they come together mm. and, like, they're biting this fucking dude's nipples off. And, like, it's yeah. done almost romantically. It's fucking creepy. And it really works in the context of the movie. Like, Yeah, the only, like, sort of sex you see is uh, Timothy Chalamet jacking that guy off in a field but that's it it's like it's more romantic than anything else which is like weird considering the context yeah it's surprising how well he manages to keep the romanticism in the movie considering how messed up it gets at points like i especially love like who is that dude he was in call me by your name can't remember the actor's name but they're like a bunch of hillbillies Oh yeah, years. Michael Stolberg. Michael Stolberg, he should have been in this movie more because he fucking steals like the ten minutes he's in it, and he's scary. Yeah, like, he's fucking. When bad. he's running to the camera in that one shot, I was actually scared. I'm like, oh <laughs> fuck, because because it's not cutting. He's just running. I'm like, oh, that's actually fucking scary. Like, well, Anino is surprisingly a very good horror director. Like, yeah. Watching uh, Stolberg go from like his thirty second cameo in Doctor Strange to this. It's such a fucking like night and day in terms of fucking movies. <laughs> it's uh, but no, it's just a, it's just this. Yeah, we've talked about it, but it is a, it is a weird, uh, disturbing. The ending is is tragic, man. That ending, that's yeah, one of the sadder yeah. endings I've seen this year, and it's, 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 it actually makes me think, you know what? And it it makes me understand that like Timothy Chalamet at this point seems to be understanding that he's kind of a creepy dude. Between this and like um, him being Paul Atreides, I think he's understanding like, you know, like he's at his best when he's playing really fucked up scary people. Because when we get to Dune, uh, when people f- who haven't read the book find out what Paul Atreides ends up doing, oh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah, those like, those little genocide old think, yeah, fucking Charlemagne's interesting because he has that like weird sad boy twink aesthetic, but like most of his movies and are incredibly fucked up yeah I, like if, if you've ever seen call me by your name it's such a fucked up man i'm aware of it i've seen it and i did not like it i found i feel like mm. i took a shower after that's not even that's even before <laughs> um what happened with army hammer yeah yeah I've, I've talked about that before but that movie has aged like milk it's yeah, uh, it's yeah, gross yeah but one, one of the um other things i like about um bones and all is is the idea of like the older you get the more insane you become I love like that. you have uh rylance uh Stolberg, um what's his fuck's uh mom who's in the mental asylum they're all just crazy well, they've all just gone mad yeah because they have to they have to keep living like this and they have to eat people that'd probably drive you mad like, the, the choices here, like, the mom locks herself away and bites her own fucking arms off, because mm. I think it's a combination of, A, she has to feed her craving, and B, it's the only way to keep everyone else safe from her. Like, it's... 
And I love, I love the fucking uh, like like Mark Lyons in the movie. That that there's that uh, shot where he's just standing outside the bus, and it's yeah. so fucking creepy, man. It's oh, what a movie, what a what a yeah. fucked up, disturbing movie. <laughs> yeah, Rylance is um, he's been in a few movies recently, but he's traditionally like a theater actor, yeah. like a Shakespeare guy, and whenever you see him, he he always gives like very theatrical performances like this uh bridge of spies fucking um the outfit it's a the outfit, it's a, yeah. yeah he's, he's actually really good in that that's a bit of a it's a bit of a dark horse this year it's a fun little uh mob thriller set in chicago it's uh yeah yeah so yeah bones and all great film um may as well get into this uh number two so this one's a bit of a, a sleeper you have not seen this yet and i'm shocked you haven't because it's right up your alley uh Zach Krager's Barbarian, a.k.a. Mm. Castle Freak into Hood. That's basically what it is. Um, without spoiling it, it's one of the most unhinged, fucked up mainstream horror movies I have ever seen. Um, and I really, really don't want to spoil it, but I'll do my best. So it's, it, 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 it is a movie that fucks with your emotions because it starts off like, you know, if you've seen the trailer. It starts off like, oh, um, this, you know, we've double booked an Airbnb. And that's like a good 40 minutes of this movie is just them like kind of hanging out in this Airbnb and then like, oh, Detroit's a fucking cesspool because of uh, Reagan because that's a heavy, Reagan is a very heavy influence. This and Bones and all, Reaganism is the truly evil monster of movies this year. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the Thanos of movies this year. Yeah, and the thing about this movie that I love is that the, the whole thing about the basement, that just comes out of nowhere. Like, there's no build-up to that unless you see the trailer. You're like, wait, wait why is there a basement with, with, within a basement? And then she goes down there and she finds a room with a video camera, a blood-stained mattress, and a bucket. And you're like, oh no, something bad's going on in this house. A friend of mine described it as that, like, that one she House of Horror episode where it's like Bart's evil twin in the attic. That they're feeding fish heads to. Yeah, pretty much. Like it, yeah, it is. It is that, but it's also like it gets even more fucked up. It goes to places that you don't expect a movie like this to go. You're like, oh, so that's what this is. Oh my god! Like, mm. and I particularly love like it's also another movie that's actually current because like halfway through the movie, the movie just resets and we're introduced to another character who we've never seen before. And you find out he's actually the landlord of this house in the middle of like bumfuck Detroit. And uh, the the scene that I absolutely this this put the movie over the top for me, where he does the exact same thing our our the girl does. She goes in the house, finds the rape basement, and he decides, wait a minute, I need to sell this house. So he gets measuring tape and measures the rape basement to see if he can add ah. that to the goddamn. It's so craven, but it's like so in character because you find out like this guy's a. Uh, TV actor who's, who's getting accused of rape, so mm. like he's a scumbag, and um, yeah, and then he, it's so craven, but it's so in character. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, I I was always meaning to watch it, but I just I never found the time to go see it. But uh, I do need to. I think, I think watch it. You'll get a kick out of it because it, it it's a journey. It takes you on a fucking ride, man. It's the it's like people under the stairs. There's a bit of castle freak. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, it's people under the stairs is actually I think a great comparison for this because there is that like, like people under the stairs. It's a very it's a movie about like haves and half nots if you really get down to it. Like, 
poor people are forever like at the whims of psychos who can just do whatever they want. There's no consequences. Yeah, and it's part of that like uh, those like unsung Wes Craven movies like Shocker, uh, Serpent yeah. and the Rainbow, like oh, yeah. no, movies that don't like get talked about. Great comparison. I'd actually say almost more Sam Raimi. This is actually a better Sam Raimi movie than the the Sam Ra- the movie Sam Raimi made this year. Ah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, I regret fucking watching that because, like, <laughs> th- th- there's some Sam Raimi to it, but it is just, like, yeah, yeah. factory Marvel movie. I, uh, I, the only one of those superhero movies I saw this year was Black Adam, and I just, oh, God. So just, I legit, like, was beaten into submission by that. I wasn't even, I, I didn't even want to leave. I was just, like, I was so, I may as well have been staring at a blank wall for two hours because there was just nothing. Yeah. I, I, I know we're not doing like a top five worst list, but that's that's, that's, that's easily that's easily yeah yeah it's 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 not the worst uh, film I saw. I think like Thor four or whatever the fucking Christian Bale one is the worst movie I've seen this year. But yeah, Black Adam is I, uh, I think, I think it's a stinker, folks. I, I think one of the reasons it's so fucked up to me is that's supposed to be his well, it's supposed to be his passion project. Yeah, and I would hate to see what his one for them looks like if that's what you could project. I will say this though: it bombing at the box office means we're probably gonna get some DTV, uh, the Rock movie soon. So I look forward to that. I actually legit look forward to like when he goes back to like doing like Faster or Pain and Gain or something mm. like that. Like when he actually he loses so much money on some of his movies, he's gonna have to go to DTV. Yeah, and do something interesting. I thought that happened to Johnny Depp for a while. Yeah, I've. I've... Zero idea what the fuck he's doing next. I, think he's a I don't know. Right so, <laughs> uh, even though he like very clearly won the PR for that, he's still like no he's still in hiding because yeah, yeah, he knows that. When like, the documentary comes out at Sundance sometime in the next couple of years, he's gonna. Oh, it's not gonna. It's gonna be ugly. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. And, and more positive news. Uh, so, what's your number one? Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this because the discourse around this movie is not particularly good but uh adonofsky's the whale yes. is uh it's my number one uh another movie where i knew like nothing about it going into it and you have that fucking like there's one poster for it and it's just brendan was fat face turning so into the fucking camera and it's like oh Oh, no, I, I know A24 is shit at marketing, but as soon as I had seen, <laughs> they just took that same picture and like, like airbrushed it. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so, but no, it's uh, it's it's an interesting film in that like I've always loved what I've always loved about Aronofsky as a director is that every time he puts out a film, people either love or hate it. This happened with Mother, very like Mother, Mother was yeah. my favorite film of that year. And I know people who like legitimately despised it, and I completely understand. Cause, and I feel like it's the same with this. There are clear reasons to hate it, but there are also clear reasons to love it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's probably the most interesting letterbox movie of the year because it has either like zero stars. Uh, this movie is gross, fat phobic. Uh, Aronofsky down with him, burn him, or it's like I give this five stars. And like, my my reason for doing that is like, yes, as like borderline exploitation, but because Aronofsky, like, he's such a fucking like, 
I don't want to say philosophical director, but he knows like what tropes to play with and what not to. Like if you watch Mother or even fucking Pi, his first movie, he knows like like what to say in his movies and like fucking Brendan Fraser's performance in this like. It's, it's borderline cartoonish and heartbreaking, and that's ultimately why it works for me. Yeah, because Aronofsky is not a subtle director. He's not a no, guy. no. Like, oh, remember when? Remember when he made a hundred and thirty million dollar movie about Noah's Ark? Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> like people acting like this is the first time he's gone. Like the closest he's ever come to making a subtle film was The Wrestler, and even then, that movie's pretty, mm. uh, pretty, pretty. Like he got, they got Mickey Rourke sticking a dagger in his leg because he's like, I want to feel. I want to make sure I still feel. Like the fucking Johnny Cash song. Yeah, he's he's nowhere near to being subtle, and that's ultimately why I like Aronofsky because he is such a like fuck it director. Yeah. But um, yeah, the I would say the reason why I like this ultimately is because it is like it's so unlike any movie I've seen this year. It's it's four people, one central location, and just the whole like self-destructive plot of it is so fucking like it is like borderline exploitation and very cartoony at some points but it is very um it's like weirdly moving as well like it's it's because when i saw i remember seeing the trailer and thinking this is surprisingly very uh subdued for him especially right after like mother which is like a movie where i mean he broke up with jennifer lawrence i'm surprised i'm surprised you you she works with him makes this movie like i don't think i should be with you anymore i think if you're gonna write something like this i think uh we need to go our separate ways Mm. she probably regrets that now after doing like passing and that fucking x-men movie (laughs) she still got paid like 30 billion dollars so fuck it Mm. Uh, but um yeah, no, um, it's it's interesting. I'm very curious about it when I eventually get to see it because um, it surprisingly seems pretty uh, much more tender. I don't know if you'd call this movie tender, but it looks a lot less overtly like crazy. Like it feels more in line with the wrestler, like because that movie was is sort of a departure for him in terms of because uh, that was like a blacklist script and was uh, like the, I think it was the top of the blacklist that year it came out and Aronofsky loved it so much he decided not to do any changes to it. Yeah, yeah. It's probably Aronofsky's most subdued movie. There's nothing really esoteric about it. But it is like, it's such a Marmite movie, you either fucking love it or you hate it. Like the Twitter discourse around it is like, most of the people, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, so that's my uh, number one pick for this year. I think, uh, yeah, no. So my number one pick this year is is one that I never, ever expected. So this was a movie that blew up over the internet. And I got curious about it. So I decided to watch it, and I fell in love with it. It's RRR. It's a Indian three-hour-long action blockbuster about about bunches. Okay, I'll put it like this. The best way to sell it is just describe to you the first, like, 50, 25 minutes of it where one man with a police baton battles uh, 2,000 protesters by himself. By the way, also, that none of the crowds are CG. It's actually 2,000 people being filmed. (laughs) The scale of this movie is insane. So, like, you have this big battle scene, and then a train derails, where our heroes then are swinging over fucking... They do a bro-fist in midair as they save this child. Then they fall in the water and then walk in slow motion underwater to finish the bro-fist. 
Hell yeah. It, it, it honestly feels like a parody of action movies, but it is like, it's a film from, uh, it's an Indian film. It is utterly insane. It has one of the best dance numbers. It, literally at one point, our heroes have a dance off with the British empire. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 impossible for me to describe in a way that doesn't sound like I'm having a stroke, but it's yeah. It's a, but Bollywood is interesting because it is like as a lot in common with Hollywood, but it's also just this complete world of its own. Oh yeah, no, this movie, like, this movie has. Uh, I will say this one of the days, and I think I gravitated this movie a lot. This movie's very anti-British. Mm. Uh, like, and I mean, like this movie makes them like the most evil motherfuckers you've ever seen. Uh, what was his fucking name? Ray Stevenson plays Stevenson, basically yeah. the, the head of this like compound that's like taking over the country. And uh, his wife keeps a whip between her legs so she could just whip prisoners randomly. <laughs> uh. And he's talking about like, I want you to strip him naked and like violate him in the street. Like going like absolutely like this is absurd. But there is, a, again, like with Avatar, there is an earnestness to it that is so undeniably charming you get i get swept up in it like and the fight scenes are like there's a scene where a character uses a motorcycle as a handheld weapon they sick a tight multiple tigers on people it's just Hell yeah. absolute chaos and it's 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 something you really have to see to believe i can't really sit down and like i could describe it but it sounds like i'm going insane it's like with avatar it's like if i try to sit down just watch it don't question it let it wash over you and just go for the experience because that's what I did, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, that was another movie that again gets like a week release and fucking like, man, I'm so disappointed. It, I, it, I, I didn't, didn't get, get to see it. Now. I didn't get to see it in theaters. I had to watch it um, on Netflix because it only blew up after. Like, it had a huge blow up on Twitter and like channels that don't talk about Indian films talking about it, and it's been yeah. quite fun. I think it's quite entertaining to watch. Uh, the director himself talked about like, hey, I had no idea. Like this happened with like Bong Joon Ho. It's like I had no idea this was gonna play as well as it did overseas, because we didn't make this for an overseas market. So to see it come, like it, I think it's a great testament to like language barriers truly don't exist if there is something that everyone can enjoy. And let me tell you something: you when you see a man beat another man to death with a motorcycle, um, yeah, the language <laughs> doesn't matter. You're like, this is a, this is cinema right here. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I feel like that's a sort of recording thread for this year. Like, the best movies are, like, vaguely left wing, like, Bones and All, Avatar 2, RRR. And it's like. Oh, Barbarian's the most left wing movie. Barbarian. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Full on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite fun. I think, I think it's also, um, I think it's I think it's telling like it is yeah. quite fun to see these uh these these trends and how they're going to be going forward because I think like especially like I was shocked how much anti-Reaganism there is this year so I think we're at the point yeah like, yeah fuck, fuck fuck the past fuck fuck our old yeah. generation and if, if you compare that to like right wing movies this year like the fucking uh um, like the Hunter Biden oh, movie we have to do an episode on that That's Jesus done. Christ what was another one we had there was a couple of those that came out this year you had um. The Gina Carano Cowboy movie, which oh. I actually watched. Oh. It's, oh, man, it's fucking is awful. One, is that the Western one? Is that the one? Yeah. Where, oh, yeah. She's, she's like an epic trad wife fighting off bandits, and it's oh. like so fucking boring. Oh, it's like a, the worst fucking DTV movie I've seen this year. That's saying something because it's been a bad year for DTV. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, um, 
Yeah, uh, it's been a year. Um, anything in particular next year you're looking forward to? Uh, there's some interesting stuff. Todd, obviously. Yep. Uh, God, what else is there? Uh, fuck. Not really, to be honest. I am uh, interested in M. Night's new film. Um, oh, yeah, the, the final trailer for that dropped yesterday. I, I, and I, it's, uh, that movie has more honest LGBT representation mm. than, like, most serious movies I've seen this year. It's just nice to see, like, it's funny because they have, like, bros come out and the guy's like, why does no one like our movie? It's like, well, I'd rather go see the Home Invasion movie with <laughs> Dave Bautista. That's just honestly more interesting to me. Yeah, I feel like Jonathan Groff is such a... Like interesting gay actor oh, because he's he wanted had a to like an interesting career, man. Like between this and the the Matrix Four, I mean, Matrix, yeah. playing not Hugo bathing. Have you seen that yet? I have. Um, I was. I'm still not sure I feel about it because <laughs> I don't yeah, think it's yeah. a good movie, but I think it's just so batshit no. fucking weird that you have to admire it, even if you don't like it. You have to respect the hell out of it, especially what's happening with Warner Brothers now just completely falling apart. Oh, God. The fact that movie yeah, even it... exists in the state it does is a small victory for everyone. Yeah, that feels like such a fuck you to everyone involved. Like, who was Lana Wachowski who directed that? Yeah. Like, the intentions from that are very queer. Like, how dare you fucking make me do a sequel to this? How dare you make me fucking drag Keanu out of uh, his John Wick phase to uh, to do this again? <laughs> but uh, yeah, fucking, it's it's wild watching like Warner Brothers go from this titan of cinema to like all their hopes and dreams hinge on fucking like The Rock and. Uh, that dumb fucking Florence Pugh movie from a few months ago. <laughs> that I forgot existed. Yeah. <laughs> I just forgot that movie existed. I'm like, oh yeah, that did come out. Um, uh, yeah, but this year, uh, we've got a couple fun people. We got uh, M. Night coming out. We got Michael Mann finally making a new movie. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Ferrari, Ferrari, I'm excited as hell. Ferrari, yeah. we got some. Uh, we got Coppola's uh, new uh, big movie that he's self-financing with his own money. I'm very excited yeah. to see what a Coppola film in 2022 look, 2023 yeah. looks like. Yeah. If I'm if I'm excited about anything next year, it'd be the uh, the Adam Driver dinosaur movie. Oh my god! I saw Which... that trailer. I'm like, hell yes, <laughs> that's a fucking movie right there. Oh. Like this looks like such a fucking DTV movie, but it's getting a theatrical release. Well, it's just, it's, like... it's such an insane premise for a movie. It's like, all right, so it's a fucking wild premise. It's like, all right, so spaceman comes to Earth during the dinosaur era. Like that's a great pitch for a dumb movie. So, oh, it's beautiful. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, join us next year for another round of whatever the fuck happens then, because uh, it's gonna be a long Careful. twelve months. Yeah. Merry New Year! Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. Ha 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 ha! Thank you for correcting my English with stinks. 